We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. We're doing frequently asked questions about heaven. Uh, heaven, it isn't what you think, is a series we've been in for a while now. And this is one where, honestly, I've learned a lot. Uh, it's grown my faith and hope for eternity through this series. And uh, to, to reiterate what I said before, uh, Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, is, is what a lot of this comes from. But really, the content of that book comes from the scripture. And what I do is kind of read through it. And I have some ideas from it. And then I go back into scripture and pull it out. So we've got a lot of Bible But the reason I want to share a lot of Bible with you is because it doesn't matter what I think or what I say about heaven. Really, it doesn't matter. That doesn't change the existence or the reality of heaven. So we can all have different beliefs about what heaven is, but our beliefs don't make it so. Do you understand? Like if if I wanted to just uh, run here in the morning, I wouldn't be able to do it. Even if I believed I could, I would have to start way earlier and carry all my kids. It's just not going to happen. If I jumped off the top of this building and said, I believe I can fly and sang the song just like it is on the CD, it wouldn't happen. I would hit the ground, right? So my belief isn't what makes it so. That's why we need to make sure that our beliefs in heaven are rooted not in what we think, but in what God says, because he's the one that created it, right? So he's the one that sets the rules. He's the one that makes it. And he's the one that tells us what it's like. And it isn't what we always think it's like. A lot of the times our ideas come through a lot of different things that aren't completely right. Or we take a verse out of context and we think this must be what it's like. So we've been going through this series. If you haven't gone through it all, you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash come to ABC. And you'll see a lot of the messages on there uh, through the last week so you can catch up. Let's begin with prayer, and then we'll dive into, into Scripture, really, and, and into some of the questions that you've asked me. All right. Lord, I thank you for our time together today. I ask that everything I would say would be from you, that I would be careful in what I say, uh, because I believe that this topic matters. And I know that it matters to you because you talked about so much. Lord, I pray that your word would speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would confirm truth to us, that we wouldn't just take what I say at face value, but we would dig into Scripture ourselves to see what the Bible says. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have uh, a piece, of, you have paper in front of you from the bulletin, but you can also have a pen, you can jot down some of these verses so that you can go back and read them in context as we're going to be moving kind of quick, hopefully I'll be able to get through this because I know lunch is waiting for us. And the last thing you want me to do is talk about heaven for all eternity. (laughs) I've been waiting to use that one. I really have, all right? Okay, so this is one of the ones I asked last week and somebody handed me this paper. And and this is the question that I think is a, a really good one. What will we remember in heaven? What will we remember in heaven? And And the reason... This question was asked, and where he went with it after he asked me was kind of like our failures. Will we remember our failures? Will we remember the, the things that didn't go right? Will we remember the things that 
we flat out messed up on and the things that we sinned in doing. How many of you remember some of your sins right now? Yeah. I think some people have taught in the past that, maybe not here, not here, but in other places that, you know, well, it'll be, heaven will be like, we're like God, and so we'll remember the past no more, and we'll remember sins no more. Well, let's, let's look at scripture. In Revelation 15, 3, uh, it says this, and this doesn't make sense quite off, right off, but I, I'll pull it in here. And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God. The Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. This is a scene in heaven. And this is what they're singing in heaven. Uh, they're singing to God, and they're singing a song of old. They're singing a song of Moses. But they're also singing of the works that God has done on earth. They're singing of the past. So if in heaven we can sing of the past, then I think we're going to be able to remember the past, okay? Because it doesn't make sense that we're just singing songs that don't have any sense to them for us. So when it comes to our sins and failures, that kind of sounds like a bummer to be trapped with that idea for the rest of our life. To be thinking about all of the things that we messed up with, and maybe life would have been better and grander here if we hadn't done those things. What if it's a little different in how we think of it, though? What if, just like the song of Moses here, we are singing of the great and marvelous works of God, we're singing of the great and marvelous mercy of God, and we're singing of the great and marvelous grace of God that covers all of our sins and failures? What if, when we're thinking of the past or our lives here present, throughout eternity, when it comes into our mind, we remember that God's grace covered those sins. Wouldn't that make heaven even more glorious? I think it would. Because what we're doing is we're placing into context eternity. And we're placing into context heaven, the heavenly realm and God's grace. Here's what I think will happen. According to these scriptures and according to other verses we see, and we'll be going through some of the other things that are happening in heaven now or will be happening in the future, I think we'll be able to rem remember all of the past in certain areas. And when we remember those things and when we recall them or when we tell a story to a friend in heaven, we will be talking about the glory of God and how he erased that sin and brought us away from that guilt. And we no longer feel guilty or worn down because of that. But instead, Jesus is glorified. And because of that, we realize the massive grace and mercy that he's poured out for us all of eternity long. Doesn't that sound like heaven to you? Now, here's the thing. We can start doing that now, and we should be doing that now. We should already be proclaiming the marvelous works of God. Some of the most dramatic testimonies I have heard are about people's sins and failures because what they're doing is they're opening them up themselves and being very humble, but you realize that they're talking about a past person. They're not talking about who they are presently. They're talking about being a renewed creation through Jesus Christ. So the sins of our old nature are passed away. We won't sin anymore. And I don't think we're going to think of it even as necessarily as our sin, like it's my sin. We're going to think of it like a past life. Man, God is so good. God is so great. He erased that sin from my life. He, he covered that up with his blood. And I don't have to dwell on it anymore. And, and Jesus is so great. 
for doing that. I think that's what eternity is going to be like. Because I see it already now in this world and in this life. People that have been forgiven much love much. When you're forgiven a lot, you talk about it. You know, that when somebody forgives you of something, you're grateful. And I think we'll be grateful for all eternity in that way. So I think we will remember in heaven. And you see in Scripture that it says we will know and be known. And I know I keep saying that over and over again, but I really want to pound it into our head and in, even into my head that this is a continuation of this life. We are continuing on. We don't just get a blank slate erased and we don't have our identity anymore. We don't cease to be ourselves. We continue to be ourselves in heaven. Otherwise, it wouldn't be us that's in heaven. So we continue to be who we are for all eternity in God's creation. We continue to have the same relationships. We continue to have new relationships and new things. So I don't want to get too far ahead in the sermon here. Okay, here's another good question. Will animals be in heaven? Will animals be in heaven? We all know that cats won't be. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you, okay? I actually had a really nice cat growing up, but I, a lot of cats attacked me, so I, I have a thing about it. Actually, to the contrary, cats will be in heaven. So I don't get to determine what heaven is. It's not my personal heaven, but cats will be in heaven. Isaiah 11.6 actually says this. Large cats are going to be in heaven, okay? Isaiah 11.6. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard, that's a large cat, <laughs> will lie down with the baby goat. And the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. That sounds like a scary zoo in today's terms, right? You don't stick a kid in that zoo. But in that time, a child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. And the lion will eat hay like a cow. That's going to be interesting. The lion could be sitting right next to the cow, eating hay and grazing with them. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. <laughs> now you know it's heaven because, the, you know, things are going to have to be changed in our minds to be near those. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Why? Because the snakes aren't deadly anymore. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. How many of you had that verse memorized already? I, well, someone raised their hand. That's great. I did not have that verse memorized. That's out of Isaiah, okay? Isaiah eleven six, And this is talking about eternity. This is talking about the heaven that is eternal. So when this occurs, everything will be at peace with itself. And there are obviously animals in heaven, even cats. I have, a, okay, here's the thing. All things are going to be restored. We talked about that before, right? Grace covers everything. Salvation doesn't just restore our hearts and souls. It brings back everything into existence and back into restoration. So that the garden and how God intended it, a lot of that is right back where it was supposed to be. He's in the process of restoring and fixing. So if he's in the process of restoring and fixing, I believe extinct animals are going to be there. The, the things that we only hope to see. You know, kids were up here talking about dinosaurs. What if we get to ride a pterodactyl? Woo! I'm going to saddle that up. Forget the horse, Kim. I'm riding a pterodactyl. All right? I've already done the horse. They frightened me a little bit. I'm going in the sky. Heaven, I can't fall. I, I, I don't know. Or God will protect me somehow. So 
but here's the thing, like God's going to restore all things. Like the things that we messed up in creation, the things that we messed up in the world will be, dis- re- will be repaired. They'll be restored. So yes, animals are going to be in heaven. That's part of God's creation. But also, if you go back into Genesis, and we're going to look at this verse later, you see that God places animals in the control of humans. And sometimes when we ask this question, will animals be in heaven? What we're really asking is, will my golden retriever be there? Will Air Bud be in heaven? Will we be able to play basketball with him? I don't know. But <laughs> here's the thing. We know that animals are going to be in heaven, and it said a little child will lead them. If everything's restored to the way it would be, what if every animal in creation is like a pet? It is tamed. It is under the submission and control of humans. Humans have authority above it. Not just in the way of, you know, I'm going to make a burger out of you, but more the authority of it, like it ca- comes when you call. It, it responds to you. Uh, it, and here's something I, I mentioned last week to somebody who was talking with me about this. You, you ever wonder why Adam and Eve didn't like flip out when they were in the Garden of Eden and a snake came talking to them? Like, first of all, I wouldn't trust a snake. But second of all, why are animals talking? It seems to be maybe animals could speak in some way, or there were intelligent animals, some that could talk. What if when we get to heaven, some of the animals can communicate with us, or we by our nature know what they're thinking and saying? That's going to be an amazing thing. God's going to restore that type of stuff. And we're going to be able to have um, pets in the sense of that animals are going to be tame and calm around us, and we're going to be able to enjoy God's creation. We're going to be able to have that. Okay, so there's probably a lot of other questions that are kind of tied in around that, but obviously animals are going to be in heaven. God's going to restore those things. Now, I don't know whether or not your particular pet that you love so much growing up is going to be there, but God, if he wants to, could do it, right? He could do it, but I don't know. There's no verse that says that necessarily. So here comes another question. Do babies go to heaven? So let's say um, you've, you've suffered miscarriages or... Uh, you, you've lost a child uh, as an infant or as a toddler or even as a teen, a young teen, or, uh, you, know, you know, what is that going to be like? Uh, do babies go to heaven? Because w- we talk about sin being something that, that we inherit down the line through our blood. And, and Jesus was not born uh, of man, meaning that the Holy Spirit uh, created uh, himself created Jesus in Mary's womb. So he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, not of man, so that there wasn't that sinful nature there. So if a baby passes away before it can accept Christ, does it go to heaven? That's kind of a serious question, right? And, and I think we would all want to say yes immediately, but there are, there are some believers that say when they look at Scripture, they don't see a definitive yes. I would argue the opposite of that. I would say uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, and when I was uh, listening to the Old Testament through the Bible app, it's a great app, put it on your phone if you can. Uh, David is mourning, and I think we have this verse. Do we, 2 Samuel 12, 23? Okay. He is mourning the loss of his baby son, okay? He doesn't live long. The baby doesn't live long and passes away. And it's actually because of his sin this baby dies. And you can go back and, re- and read that whole story yourself. But he is in mourning and in prayer over his child this whole time. And then 
the baby passes away. And the servants think, wow, it's going to get much worse now that David knows his, his son is gone. But this is what David says to the servants. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. So what is he saying there? He's saying one day I'm going to die. I'm going to die, but I'm going to go to him. So 2 Samuel 12, 23, I think, is an inspired, it's in the inspired word of God. It is. And David is saying a deep truth here that babies do go to heaven. Now, does that mean that we don't fight against abortion? No, it means we still are against that, amen? I mean, just because the babies go to heaven, the aborted babies go to heaven, doesn't mean that we're, we're going to be silent on that. You know, abortion is cruel and inhumane and, and disgusting and, and nasty. I, I was reading Google News this week, and it said that they found the largest child sacrifice site and um, tribal sacrifice site down in, near Mexico, I think it was. And it was 200 babies. And you know what I thought immediately? That's not true. Because the largest child sacrifice is happening here in the United States every single day. We have abortions that are legalized. And they say, well, that's not to an idol or to a god, isn't it? Isn't it? We, we declare that this isn't life so that we can execute it, and we get rid of innocent life so that we can move on with our lives because we place ourselves in the place of God. That is idolatry, and that is selfishness, and that is placing yourself in the form. So that is idol worship. I believe that completely. So you read through the Old Testament, and you go, well, how could they sacrifice their babies to Moloch? It's happening today. It's happening today. And, and it's, it's absurd, and it's wrong. And Jesus says, let the little children what? Come to me. Let the little kids come to me. Because no one gets into heaven unless they come like a little child. So little children are granted entry. We see that very clearly. And uh, here, an interesting side note that kind of came up with this. And, and we've lost uh, very early, Emily and I, in, um, in her pregnancies, we've lost two to, to miscarriages. And, and we don't know if it's boys or girls or what. It was, it was that early. But I believe when I get to heaven, I will know them and they will know me as dad. And for some of you, that's a big deal. Because what was lost will be restored. Some of you have lost kids when they're young. I believe when we get up there and we see this verse, it says there are children in heaven, right? Well, how can children be in heaven if there isn't procreation? Because we see that later. There isn't procreation. There isn't marriage. How can children be in heaven? What if the kids that we lost here and now, when we get up there, we get to raise? We get to raise them in heaven. That's going to be amazing. We get to be mom and dad up there, and we get to see them grow up in heaven. Okay? I think they'll listen a little bit better up there <laughs> than they, they do down here. But that's an amazing thing. I think God is going to restore all of those things to us, those things that we miss and those things that we lost. Okay, here's another popular question. Can people in heaven see us? I'm certain they don't see us when we're in the shower, so everyone take a sigh of relief right there. They don't see us there. Hebrews 12.1, I think, gives us an answer to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses... To the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the races God has set before us. 
So who are the huge crowd of witnesses? They're the saints that have gone before us. They're the people in heaven that are awaiting our, our entry into there. So can they see things from earth? Can they, can they know what's happening? I would say yes. Now, do they know everything? I don't know. I think God probably shows them certain things. But it says they're doing what? What are they, what are they doing up there? They're witnessing what's happening. I think they're cheering us on. I think they're, they're cheering us on. The, the you know, grandma and grandpa that have gone before that were in the faith, they're cheering you on. They, they're looking down, and at moments they're proud, and probably sometimes they're not so proud. But they're up there, it says. Hebrews 12.1. And 1 Samuel uh, chapter 28, King Saul does something that is just absurd. He shouldn't have done it. And he had already outlawed all the witches and the seers and everybody else who was working in the occult in his country. But then he gets to the place where he had left God in such a strong way that uh, he... He decides to go consult one of these people. And as he's doing it, the person that's, that's trying to pull a spirit back is actually surprised. They're surprised that, that the spirit shows up and Samuel comes back. And Samuel starts telling King Saul what he's done. He sees it, he knows it, and he speaks of it. So we see in that scripture that Samuel is able to see those things. So I think... There are things that the people that we love see us and know what's going on, and we know that they know us when we get to heaven for sure. All right, this is another real serious question here. Can I eat bacon in heaven? <laughs> and we all know it's not heaven without bacon, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Can I eat bacon in heaven? And we go to Isaiah again. Chapter 25, verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all of the peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. And one of the scriptures is, is the clearest of wines. So, meaning this is going to be quite a meal that we're going to sit down to in celebration of everything that's going on. And it says there's meat there. Well, how do we reconcile that with some scriptures that we read before where it says there'll be mo no more death. How do we reconcile the scripture where it says, you know, the, the lamb will lie down with, with the wolf and uh, you have a baby among the cobras and you have a lion next to a cow. So does that mean that we just get to slaughter what we want so that we can have bacon? I don't think so necessarily. So how could there be meat without animal death? Well, a lot of people think that when we get to heaven, We'll either have the technology or the ability to create meat. It says choice meat. And other, or ver, other versions of this, it says the finest of meat. So things that we haven't be, even been able to taste before. I think that we'll be able to create that, or God will be able to create that, without slaughter and without sacrifice. So those of you that are really going to want bacon, there's probably going to be something like bacon. It could be even better but it is not necessarily going to come off or through the blood of an animal because we see that the food chain doesn't exist the way the food chain exists now. And here's another strong proof of that. When we go back into Genesis, we don't see animal death or sacrifice until the first sin. And, G and God comes down and sacrifices an animal so that they can be clothed. 
So that doesn't make uh, eating meat wrong now. It, it doesn't make any of those things. It's just the nature of the world now because of the fall. And it doesn't make you better if you don't eat meat. Don't be one of those vegetarian evangelists that, that does that sort of thing and tries to turn it into a spiritual thing. It's not, because we see that Jesus ate meat when he was on the earth as well. So I think that there will be some kind of meat substitute and there will be some kind of meat thing and that won't require death. I know some of you are worried about that now. You're thinking, I don't want to try that. <laughs> I'll stick to pizza. Okay. Will we be married in heaven? Uh, Matthew 22:30 says, For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they'll be like the angels in heaven. This verse is taken out of context several times because people will think, well, we must be genderless then when we get to heaven. Not true. Not true. We are going to have genders. We're going to be male and female, and we will be who we are here. But in this respect, we will not be given in marriage or be married. And this was the response that Jesus himself gave in Matthew twenty-two thirty, 30, when he was talking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were trying to trip him up into a trick question because they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So this marriage, the type of marriage we think of now, won't exist. Now, some of us get sad about that while others get happy. And I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to ask which one you are, okay? And don't tell anybody who, who you are, all right? Here's the deal. I think we can be best friends with our spouses in heaven, amen? And we will be, have that opportunity. We'll be able to hang out. We'll be able to do all sorts of things in heaven. But we won't necessarily be considered marriage, but we will remember that we were married on earth. Okay. So this brings us to a big question. What will we do in heaven? Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says this. What will we do in heaven? We will have different amounts of authority. Here, here's why. Uh, let's, let's get to this first, this verse first. Then. then God said, let us make human beings in our image and to make them like us. And they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals in the earth, and the small animals that scurry around the, the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So this is how God creates things, and he places them in control and authority of all things. So when we get to heaven, we will be back in authority of all things. Humans will be back restored to what they should have been before. We will have a lot of different opportunities that we don't have now. The ground will respond differently to us when we plant crops. The animals will respond differently to us. They'll there'll be a different type of creation like it was before the fall. But in, in a lot of other verses, it talks about how we, we will be granted authority according to our obedience here on earth. So when we're in heaven, we'll be able to rule and be judges and have authority. We'll have businesses. We'll be inventors. There'll be authors. There'll be athletics. There'll be godly competition may exist. There'll be traveling. There'll probably be galaxy exploration. There'll be learning. There'll be reading. There'll be singing. There'll be instruments. There'll be new songs. There'll be old songs. There'll be all these things. There'll be parties and banquets. We see that very clearly in heaven. And if you think the food that we're going to eat in a few minutes over there is good, can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven? So what we, we people often think they're going to get bored in heaven because the idea of eternity is really hard for us to think of. But I don't think we'll be bored. I don't think we're going to be anxious and bored like that. Uh, there'll be thrills and adventures. There'll be sports. And by the way, do you know what, Je uh, what position Jesus will play in heaven when he plays soccer? Anyone? goalie. Want to know why? Because Jesus saves. 
Gwaunt. All right. <laughs> that's, that also works with hockey, okay? And then I saw another one this week that's pretty good. Tennis is in the Bible. Did you know that? It says something about David serving in King Saul's court. <laughs> okay. Well, there'll be stories. There'll be jokes that are even better than that. Hard to imagine. There'll be music. There'll be culture. There'll be drama. There'll probably be movies. There'll be entertainment that'll be wholesome and righteous. There'll be, uh, you know, things that we know of the past that we didn't get to experience, and we'll be able to hear about it. There'll be laughing. There'll be playing. There'll be exploration and travel. There'll be meeting new people. There'll be learning. There'll be vacationing. There'll be working. There'll be sleep, because that even happened in the garden. But everything will be adjusted because we won't have our fallen nature. So here's something around that. You think of sports, and some of you are going to watch the Pacers game here at 1 o'clock, so you're wondering if you can get out of here sooner. Um, How are you going to have sports if everyone's perfect? Does that mean we're all going to shoot like 1,000% from the field or bat 1,000? I don't think so. When it says be perfect as God is perfect or he will make us perfect, what I think it means is he will make us righteous and without imperfection. There will still be learning. There will still be skills. There will still be personalities. We won't be able to do everything we think we can do right off. We'll have to learn new tasks and skills, but we'll have all eternity to do it, and it will be amazing. So I I think God has a lot of things in store for us and a lot of things that he has in plan. And I have more of this. We're going to get into some of this next week, but I want to answer this one question that was was given to us, and maybe I'll have some scripture next week. Uh, This one was texted in to me. If If someone ends their own life, will they be in heaven if they believed in God? If someone ends their own life, will they be in heaven if they believe in God? And uh, growing up, I thought no, because I I think there's a large uh, feeling that, you know, murder is a sin, and you're dying in sin, so you won't make it into heaven. But the more I look at the gospel, the more I look at scripture, I kind of come out on a different end of this. And here's why. If somebody dies of cancer, and then they believe in God, we believe they go to heaven, right? Right? Okay, you guys are so quiet. I don't know. I just want to make sure you're awake. Like, if not, we've got to go back and fix other things. Here's the thing. Mental illness is an illness. All right? Depression is a deformity of man. It is not God's intention. It is because of the fall. It is because of chemical imbalance. It can be because, because of life heartaches. It can be because of physical pain in the body. All of these things can cause deep depression and can cause momentary insanity, okay? So when it comes to suicide, we wouldn't say someone who died because they hurt somebody, uh, because they had cancer, didn't make it to heaven. Just the same way we would say someone who committed suicide isn't able to make it into heaven. God knows the heart, right? God knows. And we don't know what happens in the seconds before they officially die and what God does and what God says to them and if God gives them an invitation. Because I think that God is graceful and God understands everything. So if God is graceful and merciful, can he save somebody that has done that? Can God rescue somebody who has done that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And to sit there and think, that our God doesn't understand what's going on in our head is wrong, okay? God is more than able, and I know this is hitting people right now. And I think that's a really important question to ask. And here's the other thing. This is 
a big difference sometimes with Protestants and Catholics, and I know not all Catholics believe this, and I'm not trying to throw people under the bus here, but if you die in a sin without asking for forgiveness, do you lose your salvation? Not according to Scripture. It says there's one unpardonable sin, and that is going against the Holy Spirit. And what I believe that really is saying is the decision not to believe in Jesus. The decision not to believe in him. Because Scripture says, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall what? Be saved. So that's the word of God. And that's where it comes into play. So God is gracious. God is, is, is understanding and compassionate. And when somebody says that, well, they didn't get to heaven because they took their own life, you, show me the verse. Show me the Scripture. And if they go to Judas, Judas died in unrepentance. Judas died in unrepentance, I believe, and he didn't want repentance. A lot of people that accidentally take their own life through drugs, through addictions, through, uh, through suicide, are not in their right mind when it happens. They are battling who knows what, and we can't place ourselves in that position. But God understands and God knows. And he is gracious to, to meet those people where they're at. And he died for their sins just like he died for ours. And nothing is too great for him to forgive. All right. Next, next week, I promise not to make us laugh or cry as much. <laughs> but we're going to talk about a few other things. And I really kind of want to get into Revelation 21 and, and look at the new Jerusalem coming down because I think that, that all of eternity is going to matter when it comes to that. Let's stand and, and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word that, that gives us so much hope and gives us so much grace. And, and Lord, I thank you that you're a God who cares for everyone, that you're a God who is gracious and compassionate and full of understanding. And Lord, I thank you that all we have to do is believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you that you love us so much and you forgive us so much. Help us to forgive others as much as you have forgiven us. And help us to accept your free grace and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen. We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Until next time, continue to grow in Jesus.